My husband has an extremely obnoxious habit that I have spoken to him about several times over the past five years. It's talking, isn't it? <laughs> Close. <laughs> he will pick at his toenails while watching TV and then leave the remnants no. on the couch where he's been sitting. No! So I will oh, no. periodically find large chunks of toenail clippings randomly on oh. our couch, coffee table, and floor. It's not... I liked it better when she called it a remnant. <laughs> Welcome to Hey You Know It. My name is Jaquetta Sotmar, and I'm here with my co-host, Katie Kazmier. Hey You Know It is a podcast that tells you how it is or how it should be. You can listen to Hey You Know It on iTunes, a new episode every Monday. And here they are, Jaquetta and Katie. Who's Katie? It is about the uh, flying car. Yeah. I know you've been waiting for it <laughs> for, you know, your whole life. And it's something I don't think I'll ever really see in my lifetime unless you have well, news. I'm happy to tell you that by 2035, if we are both still here, we might be staring one of these things in the face. Toyota is trying to do a flying taxi. Uh, they have been working <laughs> with a company called Joby or Joby Aviation All right. to fund a vertical, uh, electronic vertical takeoff. Um, and landing startup. So they put four hundred about $400 million okay. into it. I guess that's a lot. And they're funding at what's called an eVTOL, which is terrible. These acronyms, they need to really work on this. The Electric Vertical Takeoff and Landing, eVTOL. That's not going to catch okay. on. <laughs> not like, it says air transportation has been a long-term goal for Toyota. And while we continue our work to work with the automobile business, this agreement sets our sights to the skies, says the uh, president and CEO of Toyota. Oh, so they how did he come up this. with I that guess, zinger? I don't know. I guess they are thinking maybe like they may get, get a, better get a jump on this before everybody is doing these air taxis. Apparently at CES, um, they announced that they're building a 175-acre community that they're calling Woven City at the base of Mount Fuji to serve as a showcase for self-driving cars and other innovations in transportation. So the, you know, at least they're acknowledging that these things are so dangerous that you can't have them around any structures that we've already built, right? Our world is not designed for flying cars. We're not ready. (laughs) There's going to be so many accidents in the air and on the ground. People are going to die. Buildings are going to be destroyed because Look at people can't people, even use scooters properly. They can't use scooters. <laughs> they can't yeah. wear masks and cover their mouths. No, when, you know, like how are they going to fly a car? So the images that I saw are one. It looks like a regular helicopter, but it has like five times more propellers, and the propellers oh. are on the top, right instead of the front. Oh. Um, it doesn't have like the long tail that comes out the back. That was for a four-person model. But I saw another model that was a two-person model that looked like a gigantic drone. No. So um, it looks like a gigantic drone, this one for Jobby and um, Toyota. Mm -hmm. Six electric propellers. It can fly 150 miles on a single charge at speeds of up to 200 miles per hour. And it's designed to carry four passengers and a pilot. 
Okay. All right. So they they acknowledge that there has to be a pilot. Oh yeah. There has to be a pilot. (laughs) Like, I feel like the idea that say you and I are not just going to get into a helicopter and have someone remotely control it from the ground. That's not going to happen. Right. right. That's what I kind of thought or like that. We are now pilots like, Oh, you get a license and you can fly this thing. No, no. Cause I guarantee you, as soon as that thing takes off, I'm jumping right out. Like the doors better be barred. Do you know what I mean? Like I'll be the first or I'm bringing it down. You know, like I don't, I don't think we would get very far anyway. We'd be like, you know, we're not even going to sit in it. How about that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so in December, uh, comp- the Joby company or Joby and Uber are trying to work together to do air taxis. So first of all, the, the taxi doesn't exist yet. There's no real licensing or uh, regulations that allow this to happen, but they've already partnered with Uber and there's an app. Um, oh, you're right. But you can't order anything. But you can't so they're saying that. they're trying to get certification from the FAA and other regulatory agencies. That'll take about three to five years. And they started that in 2018. So they're mm-hmm. still working on it. They also have to come up with a system to manage airspace. You know, municipal airspace, just like for planes, right? You can't just fly anywhere. Uh, and they have to yeah. deal with, you know, what are they going to do when there's bad weather? Also, they have so to create more airports. It's basically a like little mini plane. airports. It's a, it is a, a tiny, tiny, it's, it looks just like a um, helicopter, like a modern right. helicopter, but with propellers on top. Because it's, it's going to be able to take off, you know, vertically. Because okay. they don't have the, they're not going to be dealing with a runway situation. Um, okay. And they're so it's hoping, basically little helicopters. Do they also drive on the ground? Sadly, no. Sadly, no. So then it's a helicopter. Know, maybe, it's a helicopter. It, they're calling so that's it a what flying it is. car. It's little though. helicopters, but it's not a car because it my, doesn't drive on the ground. They're saying it's a flying car, uh, flying taxi. I guess. Um, no, it doesn't have wheels on it as far as I can see. Maybe maybe it can drive a little bit. So their idea is that by 2035, they want to have an operational fleet of thousands of these uh, flying cars, of these helicopters. Okay. All right. Yeah. And so the two places they've been meeting so far to work on this are in Toyota City in Japan, but also... At the Jobby headquarters, which is, a, they note, is a windy 500-acre ranch. Windy. Maybe not the best, you okay. know, best place to try this out. Oh, my God. Windy. Yeah, so there's your flying car. We might, we might live to see it. Personally, I'm still looking forward to something more like a regular car that just takes off. And okay. less like a helicopter yeah, I that know. we it- already have, right? It should look like a car. It should drive like a car and then suddenly fly off into the air. Otherwise, it's not fly, yeah. The yeah. other thing, too, is I'm not sure. I mean, obviously, we don't live this kind of lifestyle, but I don't need to get anywhere that quickly. Yeah, I think you know, it's I not mean, it can only getting go... there quickly. It is the idea of, like, you don't have to wait in line for anything. You don't have to go through customs. But you don't have to go through security. Do you really think they're not going to find a way to make this as inconvenient as every other mode of travel? You know? Yeah, they like, I think it's still going to be, 
bogged down. Like there's even if it's just millionaires, there's still gonna be like a line. It's like fuck. Now we gotta wait for like Warren Buffett to go. Yeah, they're gonna find a way always to charge people more for um for to be the priority. Yep. So yeah, there's your driving flying car. Very nice. Thank you. Thank you for keeping me. Fifteen years. Fifteen years. (laughs) We'll check back. when i'm 60 i'll be like yeah 15 more years you're listening to hey you know it with jaquetta Sotmari and katie kazmir we're telling you how it is and how it should be advice on advice oh awesome advice on advice is a segment that we haven't done in a while yeah where we find advice on the internet that stinks and it's unqualified and we improve upon it by giving our stellar advice on the advice so hence advice yeah. on advice so what where is it this is who is it? dear prudence awesome I know, doesn't it feel like going back home again when we're talking about prudence yeah. here Okay. It's a warm, fuzzy feeling. Okay. My husband has an extremely obnoxious habit that I have spoken to him about several times over the past five years. It's talking, isn't it? <laughs> Close. <laughs> he will pick at his toenails while watching TV and then leave the remnants no. on the couch where he's been sitting. No. So I will oh, no. periodically find large chunks of toenail clippings randomly on oh. our couch, coffee table, and floor. It's not... I liked it better when she called it a remnant. (laughs) I don't like chunks. It's not often, but every few months I'll find these lovely gifts. I have explained to him that it is disturbing and gross and embarrassing if someone were to come over. I have politely... Obviously, no one does, right? Ever. because they're like, not toenail couch. (laughs) Not going to toenail couch. Yes, not going to toenail couch. I have politely requested that he do this in the bathroom. My requests have gone unnoticed and been ignored. I feel disrespected and grossed out. I've begun to passively, aggressively handle this by picking up his clippings whenever I find them and putting them in his coffee cup in the morning. Wow. I know this is wrong, but I find some relief in making him discover his own toenail clippings in his coffee. What else can I do? Is it wrong? Is it Because I was thinking you should put them in a sandwich, but <laughs> she went ahead and put it in the coffee. What else can I do? How can I help him understand this is neither acceptable nor fair to me? Okay, so we all agree that this is disgusting. Mm-hmm. And I have to say that I am, you know, everyone has to take care of their their nails. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been occasions in my life where I have had to do home pedicures. Mm-hmm. And I maybe you have done them as mm-hmm. well. Um, not the full Monty, but, you know, yeah. basic foot maintenance. Right. And I have spread down so many towels wherever I have been to make sure to catch anything. Yeah, exactly. Because I don't want... Any, you know, anything that I've clipped from my body or anything that's come off of anyone else's body, just hanging around the house. Yeah, you don't need that. It's disgusting. I, I've i done it in the bathroom. I've done it, yeah, mm-hmm. with, um, with like, lot, a lot of, like, paper down, that kind of thing. So you yeah. can pick it up. Everything I mean, I've off. done, I've done, like, a, you know, pamper myself 
kind of do my nails and watch a movie thing, but it has been with the assistance of many towels. Right. And you also, uh, then I Swiffer afterwards and I'm like, yeah. let me catch whatever I did not see. But also I, I have the kind of nail clippers and I, you probably have these too, that it doesn't, it, it catches it for the no, most No, I don't part. have those. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, you know, I, you know what I'm talking about though. You can get ones that if it's a concern, you know, there's like a little, uh, catchment area underneath. That's cool. To stop the nails from flying. Or you can simply shield the flight path yeah. with your yes. hand. <laughs> I can catch it. Very yeah. easy. Yeah. That he's doing this and is just like, I, I don't understand how people can't like modify their behavior a little bit when they're around somebody else, on, especially with something like this. You know, it's, it's the same people though, uh, who can't on the subway stop with the personal uh, care. It's, you know what I mean? It's one of those things that we all like people on the subway who are like clipping their nails or doing like personal care stuff. Like it is not sanctioned in our culture to do that. And yet they do it and are offended if people look at them. So this guy might fall into the same category as a kind of person who just doesn't understand um, and then can't make the modifications. I think that putting it in his coffee, I mean, if that hasn't stopped, geez, what will? I have no advice on this. Do you? I mean, I'm I'm at a loss. I can't be with, I I I don't think I could be with someone like that. I couldn't be with somebody like that. And unless they made a lot of money, maybe. It's a Seinfeld. This is a sign. This is like a Seinfeldian dating thing of like you know a really really yeah. small thing that someone does i don't think i can get over that it's disgusting it would it would happen it one time you know once and, but like <laughs> i guess where they it's been going on for five years and now it's escalating well, i mean i think this is a slow escalation this should have happened year one right yeah this is uh, the first it time it happened year one yeah, it should have been right in that yeah, coffee. It's been going on for years. The thing is, like, this sounds like War of the Roses kind of thing where it's going to escalate. She puts it in his coffee. He's going to find some way, other way to retaliate. With, I don't know, He'll other find, clippings of some kind? With them or something else. I don't know. We'll put them in her coffee. I don't know. Where does I, I have what, it like you know, that? I feel like develops when you are living, when, you know, you've been living by yourself for a very long time which I'm sensitive mm-hmm. to, but when you move in with someone else, especially when it comes to things like personal care, I think that you really still need to yeah. um, preserve you wanna, you wanna the just, mystery. Yes. So you want to yeah, keep that mystery <laughs> and keep the, the romance There's some mystery somehow yeah. by doing all that yeah, personal that's not... care in the bathroom. That's all. Yeah, that's all. All right. So let's, I, yeah. my advice is, so, I don't know. The advice Okay. I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be with this person. I probably wouldn't. I, I don't think I could handle that. It would be disgusting I'm with to you. me. Katie and, and I would have uh, left. <laughs> yeah, because it's not a, it's not a, uh, it's something that is, it's repulsive. So then how can you be close to this person and be physically intimate with them? Yeah. And it's, like, and it's I, particularly, I can't speak for other cultures, but I know in, in our culture, in American cultures and all kinds of American cultures, that is not acceptable. Yeah. Right? It's not acceptable to is, leave clippings, hair clippings, nail clippings, skin, any of that. It's just, it's not sanitary. Yes. And so right. what else is he doing that is unsanitary that you don't even know about? If he is like going to be visible with the toenails. 
Well, here's the thing. Maybe here's my piece of advice. Hire somebody to tail this guy when he's out and about and see what other, is he the guy who's like picking his nose on public transportation and then like wiping it on something? Is he that guy? You know, Oh my gosh. I this see guy so many hands. I, I was always shocked. I would take the, before this, I would take the bus into New York city to go to work. And there are so many nose pickers, these guys, guys sitting there openly picking their nose. And where do they Young put it? Do they have a tissue? Who look otherwise. No, they just like kind of roll it around and fling it. Excuse me? To whom? Yeah. In what and what direction? They try to like be really like at the floor. And it's, you know what, I'm not a fan of how everyone's seen you with your, your hand up to your fucking elbow in your nose. (laughs) (laughs) Like, how are you going to be discreet? I don't, like I I was going to say, I'm not a big fan of like punching someone in the face, but I I might have to make an exception for that. Flinging it nonchalantly. No. Yeah. Cause they, they, they're just engrossed in what they're doing. They're, they're their own world and they have a need right at that moment and they're going to do it. I stood by this, this one guy, cause I mean, it was standing room only and I'm standing slightly behind him and he's picking his nose and I'm looking down at him and I'm just going disgusting, 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 disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> so I look crazy, you know, <laughs> of course. I've been there. But it was my I've way of people... saying something instead of, I don't know. Anyway, let's get back to this, this toenail situation. You want to hear what yeah, the advice Yeah, let's get back is? to the toenail. So uh, our advice is we'd leave the relationship <laughs> unless there was a lot yeah, of money so involved. Gonna... Okay. Yeah. Or get the money and go. Just get it. Yeah. Like, sock it away somehow. No pun intended. Yeah. No, and, no one's going to uh... fight you on a divorce with that one. Um, I'm going to give you the yeah. money you want if I'm the jury. Okay. All right, so what's the advice? She says, this question showed up in my inbox well over a month ago, and I haven't been able to answer it. I just keep turning this. <laughs> yeah. I just keep turning She's this procrastinating. over and over. <laughs> the fact that the odds are now fairly good that the two, the two of you are quarantined and sheltering in place. Well, let's just say that um, you, oh dear letter writer, have been on my mind a lot. There's a part of me that thinks, look, almost every human being has at least one private habit that's sort of disgusting and sort of comforting all in one. And shame is that's not private anymore. Right. He's not being private about it. Right. He's not. But it's it's a personal habit, I guess. Um, And shame isn't a very useful tactic when it comes to change behavior. Then there's the part of me that says, my God, how hard is it to clip your toenails over a trash can after being reminded every couple of months over the past five years? What kind Thank of you. careless Howard Hughes nonsense is this? Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, she goes Hughes. on and on. And uh, this has been so frustrating and unmanageable that you find putting old toenail clippings in your coffee cup and attempt to get you attention because everything else has failed miserably for the past five years. I know it grosses you out. I know that I end up cleaning up after which I resent. Um, I, I don't feel proud or happy about the actions, but what are you getting out of this? What's going on inside your head when you put pull off your toenails and leave them on the table? And do you find yourself spacing out and forget forgetting what you're doing? What What do you think would be necessary to get this change? I'm out of ideas. 
I don't know what to do. This isn't like scratching your head. Do you know what I mean? Like I have one, like I, sometimes when I'm not paying attention, I'll like scratch one particular area on my head, you know, when you're thinking or something. Yeah. It's not like that. Yeah. Right. This, this is, you know, leaving behind clear evidence that you just don't really care about hygiene. Yeah. She admits defeat on this. She doesn't know what to do on this one because it's like, yeah, it's because what is he getting out of this? It's a comfort. It's like, for some reason, it's the way he's managing it. Like, what do you do? Is it divorce? Like grounds for divorce. It's definitely, this falls under that category of, uh, there's a show that I saw recently. I'm sure a lot of people have already seen it. It's like this guy, Billy Eichner is Billy on the street. Yeah. And he goes around and he asks people questions. Mm-hmm. I would love it if someone like him, because he has the temperament for it and he seems to get along with everyone. I would love for him to accost people like that, to pop up when this guy is leaving his toenails and be like, excuse me, can I just ask you why you're doing that? Why you mm-hmm. think it's okay? Right. And, and yeah. that's all. That's all. No judgment. I'm just curious. Like, why are you doing this? Why do you think it's okay? Would you like to see some your wife's toenails? hanging out, you know, on the coffee table or wherever it is. Is that acceptable to you? I'd love to hear the answer because like prudence, I don't understand. Yeah. And Um, I'm saying her, her advice is great. That's the same advice. You know, I think most reasonable people, reasonable people would give is like, I don't have any advice for that. Yeah. So she's only saying now, like, do you find to ask him like, do you find yourself spacing out and forgetting what you're doing? Do you think it would be necessary? What do you think it would be necessary to get this to change? I'm absolutely out of ideas. What do you suggest? And yeah. let him try to figure it out. You know, like, yeah, what do you want? I, to, I what guess is, so. What does it take? Um, <laughs> but I just have some, <laughs> another piece of it, uh question that was like tacked on after this, but it's okay. <laughs> kind of similar my boyfriend has a habit of running his index finger between his toes and then smelling his fingers to make sure they don't smell okay and he will do this with his balls i realize it's huh? relatively normal for people to want to make sure they don't smell however he'll do it repeatedly five to ten times then without washing his hands because according to him if it doesn't smell that means it's clean and then he will go and touch household items <laughs> what Granted, it's usually after he showered recently, but it still grosses me out. How do I help him realize how gross it is? That sounds like some kind of compulsion. Yeah. But like if he's touching his toes and smelling, like in between his toes and smelling, this is the whole hand washing thing. It's like people are freaked out that they have to wash their hands a lot now. It's like how much, how little were you washing your hands beforehand? I don't know. Like, depending on where I am, um, if I'm in situations where, so let's be honest, there are sometimes you're in a place where you feel like it might be worse to go into the bathroom and wash your hands than to not wash them, depending on the cleanliness of the place or what you're doing. But I mean, it's a good idea to try not to touch things if you think your hands are dirty. Right. Um, And if he's at home smelling his, you know, from under, as it were. Like he could wash his hands. It's not like, you know what I mean? It's not like he's in a location where he can't do it. He's not driving down the highway. Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> or is he? I don't know. 
I think some people are just dirtbags, though. Yeah, I think it's like, it's a, she's saying here, the advice is like, please don't feel like you need to spend the next five years having this conversation with him over and over again. Um, the problem here is the magical <laughs> thinking he's built up around cleanliness, which cannot be determined by smell. Um, what you can argue is it's a private grooming act, like blowing your nose or excavating your ear canal. Um, it should be done by oneself in the bathroom, immediately followed by hand washing. So any of these things yes. be like... Why don't you just take it into the bathroom and then wash your hands? That would be the. It makes sense to us, but I think that, and this might be the case that we live in, I mean, cause you've traveled, like you've been to the middle yeah. East. Okay. Yeah. Talk about cleanliness. I know. I know. Right. Right. Yes. Like even in places where, where I was, you know, middle income, low income, whatever people were taking, making the effort. It's the fucking desert. And yet still hands were being washed. You yeah. know, like people were making an attempt to be clean. It's hot, yes. right? Um, Everyone is I, maybe we live in and this, laundered well. Yeah. I think we live in a filthy culture. That might yeah. be it. Like a, a culture that has lower expectations for um, for cleanliness. Maybe that's it. Yeah, I think so. I think it's like. And maybe we have a tolerance for it. Or maybe this is how I get, you know, because that kind of behavior for, for the few Japanese friends that I have that are, you know, from Japan. Um, and then my students, when I was working with a lot of Asian students years ago, they were shocked at the filthiness um, of American culture. Yeah. Because we have access. We It's not like we don't have access to soap and water. Right. Yeah. Right. But so there's, there's no barrier. Here's, here's one of my theories I've been coming up with. Um, it's the people in charge are usually dudes, right? And all the yeah. like tradition and in the past, a lot of the cleaning has been left to women. That's considered like a woman's thing, right? But balls and toenails, I know, clearly. I know, but it's like their <laughs> guys are going to clean themselves in a different way because they don't have they don't have a responsibility. Like it's not their problem, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah I yeah, was yeah. laughing so hard. At this idea, like, I am appreciative of Governor Cuomo and Phil Murphy and uh, the ones that are being really responsible about the coronavirus. And I watch. They probably wash their hands anyway. Yeah, though. I'm sure they do. But, like, they're clean. They're both clean. They both understand hygiene. They understand, yeah. you know, the medical advice about. And they get, they can grasp how germs travel. But it was like, <laughs> okay. They, it, it, the subways, the essential workers travel by subway and a lot of homeless people were taking shelter down there and nobody yeah, else was course. traveling and the subways are filthy anyway. And they're like, we have to clean these subways. And it was like, yeah, yeah you do. And, and you should have been cleaning them already when they made that announcement. It, it shocked me because as I've mentioned before, I live at the end of the yeah. line for one of the subways. And so generally when I get on the train, it's clean. Yeah. Cause they come down, they clean them, you know, and then they go back out. So on the occasions when I have gotten on trains that haven't been cleaned, I'm like, what the really? Like we can't allow yes. this. You're just ferrying dirt from one place to another. Like that, you know, hundreds of thousands of people are on these trains in most places, there would be a mandate to clean them at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They, they should have had right. they should have had a more stringent cleaning process down. 
because right now they're like, how do we do this? How do we make sure the trains are clean on a regular basis? They should have been doing this work ahead of time. It would not have been an issue. <laughs> so I had a laugh well, they... at that. I had a, like, I'm like, come on, you guys. You, it's like, it was yeah. like you treat your, you know, thinking of, of maintenance like frat house guys do. You know, who's going to, mm-hmm. somebody is going to come in. They have a tolerance for dirt. Yeah. And also to maybe the you know, the people who are making the decisions in the case of the MTA, the the people who are high up, I'm pretty sure they take Uber. Yeah. And in fact, I have friends who work, I have a friend who works for the MTA and she's a tick. She works in a booth. Uh, she never takes us up. Wow. She finds it disgusting. Um, she actually needs to be to work on time. So she can't rely on public transportation. And she to get her there. Isn't it crazy? That's like, <laughs> you know, yeah. And they are, the subways are really dirty. And I, um, there are some stations in the city that I've taken pictures of that. It looks like, you know, Logan's run up in yeah. there. Yeah. Like, it's just like, I've shown them to people and they're like, is this an abandoned station? No, I'm like, no, this is city hall. Yeah. The sixth yeah. train. It's like, it is the tolerance for dirt and the lack of responsibility. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. like, and just saying that the, the, the level of acceptance of it is, is what it is. And so that is kind of a thing that models our, our community behavior and why people yeah. personally feel like it's okay to cl- clip their toes and leave it on the couch. You know, it's, it's so, prevalent. So I, I like the, the excuse of the guy rubbing his balls is like, well, it smells fine. So it's clean. Yeah. Because he doesn't, because he doesn't want to wash his hands. That's yeah. what, you know, it's not like, no, it's um, somebody is asking him, is it a philosophical thing for this, you know, for this guy? Is it like, uh, I'm so great, you know? Yeah, I guess. My balls are the standard for cleanliness. Like, I don't need to, why should I wash my hands? Yeah. I've only touched one of the greatest, cleanest things on earth. My balls. <laughs> my balls. <laughs> I think that that's what I like to think. It comes from like a deep seated thing of feeling like you're, I mean, this is, you know, the same reason why Trump is wearing goggles instead of a mask. What? Right. When he goes to tour, he he went to tour some factory and he wore goggles and not a mask because people like him don't get, you know, don't get sick. Yeah. You know, it just doesn't happen to him. Coronavirus is for the masses. It's not for him. It's for the masses. It's not for him. You know? Yeah. 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 So um, I have a an interesting thing here. It's a talent agency for robot actors. Really? Finally. Finally. Um, for your casting needs. So it's called a, the AI-gency. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. AI-gency. Okay. For, AI-gency. Um, um, AI agency and their website is easy www.ai-gen-cy.com yeah no one's no ever one's, gonna forget yeah, that it's, it's stuck <laughs> stuck in my brain already so it's a um company that connects film production studios event organizers and other media groups with robots the initial talent quote-unquote includes a pair of Boston Dynamics robots named Zero and One. So Boston Dynamics is lending these guys robots or, you know, not not for free, but leasing these robots to these guys uh, who are running this agency. And these guys are then going to outfit the robots for whatever 
the event is, an opening of something, a launch, yeah. you know, a celebration, and they send them out. So the it's a early a part of the early adopter program, and they have you know the the spot mini and things like this, and they're going to do, you know, like I said, fit out the robots however you want them for your I don't know birthday party. Oh my god, Bob Mitzvah, Kinsinera funeral. This is a genius idea. I'm sorry, like <laughs> wedding with yeah. more and more robots. Yeah, you good, can rent you a can robot. rent a robot and to be that middleman making the money. Mm-hmm. Easy peasy. Yeah. Oh my god. And they collect. They say they make uh, a piece of what the robot gets, just like regular agents. I'm like, no, you get the whole thing. The robot doesn't get anything. What are you talking about? You're not getting ten percent. You're right. <laughs> so it says we handle the logistics of getting the robots on set and into character. Oh, into character for the performance. Okay. We then support, I guess as a romantic lead, I don't know. We then support the media and promotions of the production with social media, red carpet events, press tours, similar to how media producers would go with, you know, human actors. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah, this they, is nuts. They're, yeah, they're doing, they're saying, okay, you know, robots have always been in movies and TVs and events, but no one's gotten 10% off them, I guess is what they're thinking. Um, they believe there's an opportunity to tell positive stories on how robots will play increasing roles in their daily lives. New wave of generalized robotics allows them to walk, roll, or hop off or on the set and right onto the red carpet with the rest of the wow. cast. And I'm sure actors are really going to like that. Is there going to be like kind of a weird ask in their contracts as well? Like um, mm-hmm. probably they they have to come out first, then the robots. <laughs> no, but the robots. You know how like uh, Van Halen in their in their contracts when they went on tour, they said in the green room uh, they had to have a bowl full of M and M's with the brown ones removed or all brown ah, M and M's yeah. that kind of thing to yeah, make yeah, sure yeah. everybody's reading the contract. So yeah, I, you think that will be in here yeah, as well? Yeah, this will be something. My robot only uh, wants the brown M and M's. It needs needs to be near an outlet yeah. for twenty percent of the filming. Yeah. That kind of thing. Uh, let's have WD forty. Yeah. Uh, so apparently they had already had some deals, but apparently COVID, you know, forced them to cancel or postpone some of those yeah. things. But yeah, it's a it's a little company here, and it's being PopCap Games and Walt Disney are giving these guys some seed money along with um, Pluto VR to you know figure out a way to skim money off of a robot really i mean it's like agents are the worst but i'm not surprised that you know robots can't even get their full pay oh my god that's just how it is i it's interesting to me because are there going to be a lot of productions that need this robot and wouldn't just do it with like CG or something. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, but I guess like rolling out I don't the know. latest and greatest, some people are into that. I feel like actual dogs are going to be bear the brunt of this. All those you know dogs that are in the film and TV, they're already being um, threatened by CG. Yeah. Things like Cats, definitely the musical. <laughs> I think it's a blow to actual dog and cat entertainers. And now someone's going to be throwing like a, a rug over a spot mini, sending that thing into like a kennel ration commercial. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't like it. 
well. I think the dogs need to fight back. I think so. They should unionize. Yeah. I think pretty soon they're not going to be using actors anymore anyway. I think everything seems to be going as in, to CG as, you know, as far as possible. Um, and also they're using a lot of holograms oh. for things apparently now. Look, I'm not into this stuff, but holograms are a thing. Apparently Whitney Houston was supposed to go on tour. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> I don't think it happened. But I, I heard people talking about it and there was some kind of a, you know, would you go to see a a tour where the main performer was a hologram? So the rest of the people up there, this, the backup singers are real. The dancers are real. The musicians are real. Everything else is real. Except for this hologram. Except for, yeah, the, the main star. Would you go no. to that? Well, I could pay what? Yeah. You know, to... Yeah, exactly. I guess you're, you're, I mean, everyone else is getting paid. Yeah. But the reason that you're there is, is dead. Yeah. I wouldn't, I would not fall for that. Basically. I get it that other people are working, but I'm still not going to pay that ticket. Well, speaking of ro- you know, work, robots. Work for someone else, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know what? Um, have you noticed that we're getting less or we're getting fewer robocalls? I have only received one. I've only gotten one in the past like month, which is astounding because they were coming through two or three a day before. Yeah. So you notice that they're kind of during the pandemic there. I haven't gotten any. I used to get them. I used to get a couple every day. Yeah. But they had, well, the thing is, um, (laughs) it has dropped. The number of phone calls have dropped to the lowest in two years um, because the call centers mostly in India and Pakistan, where all these calls are coming mm-hmm. from, they're all call centers. And because of the virus, they can't, people can't get to the centers to make the calls. Oh, my. oh no. Right. To, to do the robo call. Oh. Yeah. So people, they don't have, they, um, yeah, it's actually it's Pakistan and the Philippines where workers were placing unwanted robo calls. They don't own laptops to support working from home and they've lost their job or have been furloughed. Um, so call centers are closing and running at much lower capacity due to social distancing around the world. And there's no point to robocall people if there's no one there at the other end to field it when someone presses one to return the call or whatever it is. So um, I've never so understood yeah. what the calls were. Like I used to get well, some that were in Mandarin. And of course I would hang up on those immediately, but um, you know what they are. Uh, what I was, the- somebody explained it to me. Um, uh, what it is, is like they're trying, they're testing out, the phone numbers because they're making phone lists to sell to other people. And if, if you, they call Great. you, if you, they call you and the phone actually connects, that means it's a live number. That's why you get those like hang up calls where it rings once or twice. They're just testing the line to see if this is, okay. if it rings, if so, then it's like, okay, this phone is in use. And then that goes on one list, which they sell. And then I if the ones, if you, if you respond, if I you pick, pick up, up, that is, goes on another list where someone will actually pick up on these calls and that's worth more money. So that's what that's about. Like those two and who are, things. But who are the actual, cause I remember for a while, I would say a couple of years ago, I would get those robo calls that were either about a timeshare or a cruise, some kind of vacation you know, then there's thing. the scammers. Then that's, that's another level of scam. So it's, that might be the people who have bought the list, the second list that I'm talking about where people mm-hmm. will actually pick up the phone. So that list goes to the scammers 
who are like, hey, people, they okay. will, this person will pick up the phone. And then you get the timeshare, you get the, the free vacation or whatever they're trying to lure you in with. And then they, they scam you somehow. How much more can that, like, how much longer can that business go? Because people, I know people our age barely pick up the phone. Younger people don't pick it up unless they know exactly who it is. Yeah. Period. And this is kind a of a A lot of them don't even like to talk on the phone. Yeah, they won't even talk on the phone. But a lot of parents have a hard time because they need to pick up the phone because they don't know if their kids are calling from one of their friends' phone, if something happened, you know. What if you're... Uh, what if your daughter lost her phone and was calling from a friend's phone and don't have that phone number in your, in your um, contacts and you can ignore so, the yeah. call. Although I think some of my friends uh, who have kids there, they get texts from their um, kids, friends sometimes too, which I think is yeah. interesting. I'm glad we didn't have to do that. I, know. I can't imagine as a young person having to like, I, I don't think I ever talked to any of my friends, parents on the phone. Unless it was like, you know, they're picking you up or something. But to have to have a conversation via text with like, you know, Mrs. Mrs. K. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Oh. I know. Um, but they're saying here with these robocalls that once um, things loosen up a bit and people can go back to work, those robocalls will come back. The scams will be. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but enjoy it while it lasts, everybody. I am. I, I hate, I, you know how I feel about the phone. I don't like to talk to people. I don't give my phone number out to very many people. And most people know to text me. Yeah. So it is a rare occasion that I will ever pick up the phone. Right. And I'll only call um, you if it's serious. Yeah. If it's something going on. Otherwise we text yeah. because it's, you know, I don't know. So I, we did a couple of episodes ago, we focused on ufology um, and so I wanted to do a little, a quick ufology segment, okay. if I may. So apparently there's a volcano in Mexico called El Popo for short, that famous ufologist Scott Waring is saying the Mexican government is colluding with aliens to allow them to use this volcano um, huh? to store... As to store their stuff as as a base. Oh, like a Moishas storage facility. They're using a volcano. <laughs> Basically like a, like a Moishas. And they know yeah. this because they they claim... So this is a volcano. I think it's a live volcano. Uh, apparently something came flying out of it. Lava? And they're saying that that was <laughs> a rock. They're saying that it was, in fact, um, alien craft. Some kind of spacecraft. They've also seen things fly into the volcano, oh. they claim. Uh, and apparently, there's some there's some images of this. Uh, the claim is that the UFO was about 50 meters across. He thinks that aliens have been using this volcano as a base for some time. And that the volcano is home to a base that is about five to six kilometers below the surface and is the entire the size of an entire city well you know stranger things have happened um no very not specific really. too not really no, no. <laughs> not really but you know what no I, what i really mean is like so many <laughs> crazy things have happened recently that you know what why not throw on one more there's aliens living under a volcano sure why not but why are they in collusion with the Mexican government? That's the question. I see that, okay, yeah, you think there's aliens living in a volcano. Fine. 
And you think there's an alien city somehow underneath this volcano. But why in why implicate the Mexican government? Yeah. What possible uh use could the Mexican government have for harboring these extraterrestrials and inside of a volcano? Well, it's kind of the thing like uh if they have knowledge of aliens and they're not telling anybody, they're getting the jump on whatever the aliens have to offer. I feel like the Mexican government would tell people. <laughs> you think? I don't know. Like I feel like yeah, I feel like they would be like, We've got aliens, you know. Mexico. Come to see <laughs> We've got it. It's in this volcano. Go check it out. You, you know, know, but then that would be the joke if it were Mexico. Because it's like, you know, the aliens exactly. come from Mexico. And yes. so then nobody would take it seriously. Yeah. They'd be like, come on by, come come peep it out. <laughs> come peep. That's definitely what I wouldn't I would invite that guy right over and be like, dude, we give you full get right into that volcano. What was the thing that was going on recently with aliens? People said they saw ships or something. Oh, uh, so Elon Musk apparently was going launching some satellites uh-huh. as a trial. Okay. And he sent a bunch of them up in a row. And then immediately people were like, it's aliens. But, you know, they told everybody. It wasn't a secret. It's Elon Musk. Does he do anything in the dark? You know? <laughs> I mean, if he doesn't make a production about it, why bother? Yeah. I mean, his entire life is on Front yeah. Street. Oh, God. You know, speaking of him, he had a baby. Uh, another one? Yeah. He and, he and his, his wife, Grimes, you know, Grimes is okay. with his wife. So now he has six kids. Yes. This so guy's this prolific. First one with this wife, but the the, okay. the big the hubbub was uh, the baby. Everybody name, gets one with Elon of... Musk. <laughs> Everybody gets a kid. A, it's like it's a bunch of symbols. Oh no! It's like, like, like Prince. Has... Only Prince can do that. But it's like X AI something something something, and it, like X is the variable. Um, and then AI means artificial intelligence, you know, that kind of thing. So it's a bunch of symbols. And then how do you say it? But it's pronounced like Sarah, something like that. Yeah. Oh, like Kylie, I think (laughs) it's Kylie. The X is silent. Yeah. So that's like, so he's, he's just taking advantage of everything right now. It's a slow news day. Yeah. And, you know, so I feel like Elon Musk, uh, you know, naming a child is probably right up there with anything yeah. else. I already did one. Sure. Okay. You, this is bonus so this advice. One I found, right. It's bonus advice. Uh, this one I found in The Guardian. And okay. it's, I didn't know they had an advice column, but here it goes. Um, I slept with my best friend's ex. Now I'm Ooh. terrified of confrontation. Which I say too late, well, bitch. Yeah. Okay. So I have a fear of confrontation. Recently, this destroyed my relationship with my best friend after I slept with her ex. I did not tell her for several months and have developed my own twisted logic that I was somehow protecting her from the painful truth. When I did tell her, she made me realize my refusal to tell the truth had hurt her more than the action itself. It's been a year and I haven't spoken to her or her ex, who was also my friend. Well, you screwed yourself then. Like, uh, my way of dealing with the situation was to suppress thinking about it for months and continue on with my life. 
However, partly owing to my relationship with my new partner, who is highly emotionally intelligent, whatever, I have started to reflect on the situation. I know I have to recognize my responsibility to myself and others and become an active, not passive force in relationships. I hate the idea of ruining that with my new partner, which is one of the best relationships I've had. This brings me to my main issue. Thank goodness, right? I live with the fear that my best friend will want another confrontation as a part of her way of moving on. I'm scared of bumping into my hometown or having to respond if she messages me. It's been a year. I'm conflicted over the fact that perhaps I owe it to her to instigate a meeting, but I'm scared that I will talk too much about myself, will not listen well enough, or fail to offer anything new, making her feel disappointed for even bothering with me. What can I do? All right. A couple of things here, but if it was an ex, Mm -hmm. is that a serious infringement? I mean, usually like the protocol for something, if it's an ex, you would go to that person and say, Hey, um, I think, you know, I'm interested in your ex. This going to be a, it wasn't a relationship. It seems like they just slept together. Okay. Like she just slept with that. That's what I'm gleaning from this. But if, Um, if they're exes, it's not like that was her partner, right? True. But we don't know what the nature of the relationship was yeah, with the ex. True, true. Okay. If they were casual, if they were like about to get married, if there was abuse. Yeah, right. If there was cheating, who knows? But my thing with this always is, and you know, I'm one of these people who's, you know, pretty much like very cold fish about a lot of things. Like, why even bother? Yeah. I, I, you know, I wouldn't want to sleep with someone's ex. What if your friend still has feelings for them, no matter what they say? Yeah. Also, if your friend didn't want them. Your best friend didn't want best friend. Yeah. Um, and also like have some self-control. Yeah. That's true. Like, unless this person is the one, like really? I don't know. It's it would seem kind of it to me for best friends, it would seem kind of like, were you that desperate for some for some schlong? You know what I mean? <laughs> that you That's like true. what was more important to you? Right, right. At right. The, you know, I don't know. I hear what you're saying, though. If it was just like a fling, like, who cares? Everyone's passing this guy around. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's but so true. She's, it's been a, you know, it's it's been a year. Um, she hasn't spoken to this quote unquote best friend. I say if you haven't spoken to your best friend in a year, you're probably not best friends. Right. You're probably right. not friends. The ex is gone. They yeah, were friends, I think, too. Hey, this is He's another... Out this stuff happens and then it it shows what people really are or what the need is like sometimes yeah just like the person with the toenails like what is his need what is his need for clipping them and putting them on the couch like what is that like what does that really mean to him um and he just won't even examine it like what is that need when that person is like i'm gonna sleep with the the ex is this some kind of passive aggressive like Revenge? I think it is has she to trying be. to do something. Otherwise, yeah. somebody is trying to do something to somebody because yeah, why this goes under the like not shitting where you eat, but it also yeah. reminds me of I don't know if you saw the there's a show called Fleabag that was from a one woman show that I think was in the Fringe Festival, right. and she has a relationship with with uh, someone and it destroys her best friend, and I always think isn't there somebody else you could have slept with? You know, yeah. like really. You weren't forced to, it's not like 
you, you know, you went into business with someone and you were tricked into something like right, this is just right. for some quick, you know, to fulfill your needs at the moment. So right. anyway, this person's problem is she hasn't talked to the friend of the year and she's afraid that the friend will confront her. Yes. And she doesn't know what to do. I'm saying your friend has moved on. She's you're not friends anymore. Yeah, right. You're not you friends. move on too. And, you know, do this again and see how it works, right? Because I think one of the things about, you know, so she slept with her best friend's ex and it seems like her ex took it pretty well by uh, by her, her friend took it pretty well by just not talking to her. But we all know people who uh, sleeping with their ex will bring on a whole range of consequences. Right, right, right. For you that aren't just being ignored. Yes. You don't know that somebody is not going to show up with a two by four at your place of work. Right. Exactly. (laughs) This is always real. I mean, you never know, you know what I mean? You never know. Like people get, people get really uptight about things. Um, you don't know their reasons, but it doesn't matter for me. It's not worth it. Like go sleep with somebody else. Yeah. You know, the thing it's sometimes like people will even come by with a two by four under the wrong Yes. uh, With the wrong idea, you know? Yep. Why get involved in that? Like, you don't, if you're, I always try to think about what the consequences of things are, what my, of my actions and what the, you know, what might happen to me if I do something and how, how that might play out. Um, I don't think you have a reasonable expectation of being able to sleep with a best friend's ex without there being some kind of beef. Exactly. You know? Yeah, there should know. have been more conversation about it. There should have been more thought put into it. If they, he, if yeah. it was just a fling, or if it was, it was something. There was some kind of like f you involved there. There's something else going yeah, on in that but friendship. Her first line says, "I have a fear of confrontation." I'm like, "Really? You do?" Because it seems like a really good way to get some confrontation going by sleeping with your best friend's yeah. ex. It's, it, it seems like this person wants to do what they want to do and they want everyone to be okay with it, but nobody has to be okay with anything yeah. you do. I don't know. So here's, here's what the advice says. Um, there's a lot going on in your head. If your friend hasn't made, your friend hasn't made contact with you. Um, and, and you're imagining that she wants a confrontation. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. The friend might not care. Uh, often when people feel confrontation, it can be traced back to something that happened in early life, but it may not be as simple as that. Uh, so they, a psychotherapist weighs in. I did wonder if your idea of not wanting to have another conversation was less about fear or more of a masking of a deep desire to always be in control. Hmm. She went on to say that the way you conducted the affair with the friend's ex and didn't tell her was also about controlling the situation. This can stem from a fear of angering others and wanting to be liked. So I say to that, though, if you don't want to anger people and you want to be liked, why do this kind of stuff? Why not instead bring the instead of fucking your your best friend's ex? Why not like you know bring her some a glass a bottle of wine and watch a movie? Right, 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 right. <laughs> That's going to give you much less confrontation. Yeah, I guess some people feel like they have to have secrets in order to be in control. But again, it's like, yeah. you know to do this kind of stuff and see how it is, but they don't really think how it's going to make them feel as well. Like, you know, maybe this person wasn't 100% like cold, you know, 
and is now having these these feelings of regret and stuff like a year later people make mistakes like this yeah people do make mistakes but like it's been a year so I feel like if someone has wronged me which is I don't know that's happened like maybe once or twice in my life usually I don't care I have low expectations but if you haven't heard from someone from a year like you've moved on right Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) like you you've moved on you haven't heard from a friend who screwed you over in a year fuck it you know yeah, They have no problem screwing you over. They also have no problem not talking to you for a year because they are afraid that you're going to tell them that what you did was wrong. Yeah, then maybe, yeah, right? If, if you can't handle the consequences of what you did, that's a whole yeah, other Yeah, don't do yeah. it. But that's, you know, I mean, that's my, you know, completely, my incredibly narrow worldview of like things have consequences. <laughs> maybe, maybe, you know, maybe this, maybe other people feel differently. Yeah. It's like, well, why should I have consequences? It wasn't, what's the big deal? Right? Right, right, right. It was interesting. So I read the comments of people who weighed in and they were two different lines. A lot of guys were like, what's the big deal? It's her ex. Right? Yeah. The idea that you can, it's fine to sleep with someone's ex. Um, And a lot of people were like, you know, you're a bitch. (laughs) Move on. The ex threw you over. Your friend threw you over. Get on with your life. Try not to sleep around with this other guy. Oh, the no. new relationship, I guess. I, yeah. I don't know. And it's also because this is a woman too. So people I think mm-hmm. are being harder. I kind of feel like, yeah, there no, was no, something the, wrong. the dudes, the dudes were saying what's the, like they, the dudes were saying, they don't think what the woman did is a big deal. Yeah, exactly. But if like, I'm just saying if this situation was like a guy slept with um, another guy's ex, ex-girlfriend, or whatever. Is that a big deal? I, I don't, don't think, think so. That, I guys? don't think that this would even be a question. The guy would feel bad about it, yeah. you know? And the other guy wouldn't they care, don't care either. They don't care. <laughs> but I, I guess it, uh, it comes from the idea, though, I guess, that the guy is just, like, getting laid. Whereas with this woman, it seems like, you know, maybe there's something going on. Right. And th- so that would be really uncomfortable to be like, oh, here is my new boyfriend, which is your ex, and let's all hang out together. What's the problem? Because you broke up with him yeah, already. So she said, I destroyed my relationship with my best friend after I slept, slept with her ex. I didn't tell her for months. That's that's kind of hurtful. Yeah. Like, especially if you were the kind, have the kind of relationship where you tell, you know, I'm assuming they're younger. You know, when you're in your 20s and you you have a, a fun weekend, you sleep yeah. with someone, you tell your friends. It's yeah, not yeah. a secret. Right? You were right. <laughs> you're like, yeah, I got laid. You know, I slept with Ted or whatever. Ted, you know, Ted from the bar. <laughs> you don't, and, and if, but if you hit it and you were like, uh, yeah, I didn't want to say anything, but four months ago, you know, I slept with Ted at a bar. It's like, why didn't you, why are you telling me now? Why didn't you tell me before? What's going on? Yeah. Like, she should have said, why are we being truthful with each other? Yeah. She should have said something beforehand. So then this, her friend doesn't look like a jerk, you know? Yeah. In the dark. Thank you for listening to Hey You Know It. Stay in touch with us during the week. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Tumblr. Go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. We'll read it on an upcoming show regardless of content. As always, we love your emails. Send us an email at heyyouknowit at gmail.com with your comments, questions, and segment ideas. 
Emails will also be read on upcoming shows. Please tell your friends about us because you know we don't advertise. And let them know we can be found on iTunes at Stitcher.com and at HeyYouKnowIt.com. Thanks. 